Welcome into another episode of Night Shift, an exclusive podcast surrounding the London Knights of the Ontario Hockey League with your host, Cal Grimard, Mike Stubbs, at Stubbs980 on social and at Cal Grimard. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as globalnews.ca. Uh, Mike, we got a lot to get to in the show today, of course. Uh, the annual teddy bear toss game, which was uh, this past Tuesday. And we'll we'll go over the numbers. We'll go over the game. We'll talk about... Um, We'll talk about the games coming up in the future for the Knights. We also are going to be joined by Robbie Shrimp on the podcast. Mike, you had a chance to catch up with him, talk about what he's been up to lately. And a, a, a London Knights fan who's a part of Dad Club London is also going to join us. Yes, because we watch all of the stuffed toys rain down in every teddy bear toss game. And then you watch everybody who's cleaning up the toys on the ice. You know what we don't get to see? We don't get to see what happens in the back of the house. And Dad Club of London provides the muscle. What, what do you mean muscle? What do we need muscle for? Well, they provide the muscle in making sure because the back of the house, as you well know, Kyle, because you're there hosting games, it's busy. People are running all over the place all the time. Well, then you add in thousands of stuffed toys and you've got to make sure and get those into a spot as fast as you can. That's what Dad Club of London comes in to do. Yeah, it, the, the, the only way I could describe it is it's organized chaos uh, back of the house, especially around the teddy bear toss game, just with the amount of people. You never know when the game, when the goal is going to be scored, but then you've also got to go through all of your regular promotional activities and events that transpire uh, throughout the game. And then all of a sudden, the Knights score a goal and every all hands are on deck as everyone's running onto the ice, taking teddy bears. Let's get to the game, Mike. Let's talk about it because we're also going to talk about something else that you actually think is a positive coming out of this game. The Knights teddy bear toss game. They brought their eight game winning streak in. Unfortunately, it did come to an end at a 5-3 loss to the Oshawa Generals. But Easton Cowan got the Knights on the board first about seven minutes into the first period for the teddy bear toss goal, which saw 6,800 teddy bears all over the ice there in London. Dickinson has the puck again. Throw to Bog to Diaco getting out into center. Diaco to Barkey and across the blue line. Barkey in front. Cowan scores! Easton Cowan! And look at these teddy bears. It was a phenomenal goal. George Diaco feeds Denver Barkey and he finds Easton Cowan in front and he basically knocks the puck out of the air and in and that brought everything raining down and I hope everybody followed the rules that you were reading I love Kyle that there were all of these rules at the beginning of the game and you read them one of my favorites was if you have a toy with a battery pack in it don't throw it hand it to an usher I mean, it's a pretty simple rule, but yeah, I think it's it's always good to remind people because if you're tossing them from the 300s and you're making your way onto the ice and there's a lot of people on the ice, you know, uh, some of the ice crew guys, even if you're wearing a helmet, it could catch someone in an area where you don't want it to and could cause injury. You could hit uh, another fan that's standing there as well. Maybe the throw doesn't get all the way onto the ice. So it was good to have those rules in place. And I think everyone did a an amazing job following through. It seemed, it seemed like everyone was very on par, on point 
point with what was happening. And uh, yeah, a really amazing goal by Easton Cowan. I got a chance to talk to him. Uh, it's always fun interviewing the guy after the after the goal gets scored, Mike, because all the guys are just are, are, are messing with them. So him and I are chatting and all the guys are putting their sticks in the way of his face and they're they're poking him. They're putting a teddy bear in his. It was it was an absolute blast. He, and he loved it, too. He loved the fact that he was the guy that scored the goal. And uh, and of course, uh, Barky and Diaco afterwards were pretty excited to, to set him up. That was one highlight real goal that we saw. And then later in the game, when the game was tied 2-2, Logan Mayhew scores this incredible up the ice, all by yourself, end-to-end, faking everywhere. He faked a drop pass. Here is Mayhew, darts between the defense, and a goalie scores! That was sensational! Logan Mayhew! He faked like he was going to drop it back. The defender bit. He kept moving. He faked like he was going to dump it in. Then he cut between the defense, and he scored. And then Oshawa winds up coming back, tying the game, and they win it. But, Kyle, you're right. I look at this game because nobody's ever going to win every game in hockey. And you can have losses that are no good. You can have losses where you just don't have it on a certain night. You can have, you know, losses that string together in a losing streak. I look at this loss as being a real positive, especially going into the weekend that the Knights have. And we'll talk about their games against Ottawa and Peterborough that are coming up. But I look at this as being one of those games where you're going to look back at the end of the season and say, you know what, I'm, I'm glad we lost that one. And here's why. Yeah, Last Wednesday, the London Knights were in Erie. And they didn't play their best game. There were passes that just didn't connect. It just, it didn't, it didn't look like how they had been playing. And yet they won. And then they played a game against Niagara and they ran into a hot goalie. But again, it, it just, it, it wasn't the same crispness that they'd been playing with as a team, but they won. And then they went into Mississauga and they held on for a 5-4 win. And these were games that probably could have gone either way. We always talk about good teams find ways to win. The Knights were finding ways to win. But it's kind of like in life where, you know, maybe you go a week and you start eating out a lot more and you're eating a little bit more fast food and you're not exercising. Maybe you're staying up a little late and then something happens and, and you just snap yourself back into whatever routine you had. I think this is a snapback game, Kyle. I think this is one that will allow the Knights to say, okay, you know what? We were we were allowing ourselves to, you know, get a little loose in the defensive zone at times. Take a look at Brett Harrison, Londoner, who had three goals against the Knights for the Oshawa Generals in that Oshawa win. Right off the faceoff on a power play, nobody reacted quick enough to cover him off and he scores on a one-timer four seconds into the start of a power play. Those sorts of things are just concentration lapses by players. So this game will allow them to say, all right, you know what? We've been getting away with a couple. So let's get back to playing how we were playing at the start of that winning streak. And that's the kind of mindset that you have to have against a team like the Ottawa 67s. This team is 21 and four. Yikes. Yeah. They are going to be a very tough test for the Knights. And, you know, you can also give credit where credit is due sometimes. I mean, 
you could you could tell the generals drew up that play for their power play four seconds into Harrison. But at the same time, you know, you'd like to defend that a little bit better. It's a clean face off win for the generals. They get the puck back to the defender and immediately over to Harrison for a one timer. And you're right. It just seemed like there was not a lot of reaction or a lot of standing still and watching the play develop. And before you knew it, the puck was in the back of the net. We got to get to before we get to some of those games coming up this weekend, Mike, we got to get to you caught up with Robbie Shrimp and we all know Robbie Shrimp and his legacy with the London Knights organization. We talked about, you know, some of the things that he's been up to lately, 304 points across three seasons as a member of the London Knights, one of the greatest seasons in Knights history, 145 points in just 57 games, including 57 goals. Um, it's so funny, Mike, because he's 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 at a game every now and then, and we see him in the media room and in the back of house and stuff, and he just walks around like he's just one of the guys. Like he there's never he never brings attention to himself. I've done it twice, and it was earlier on before I really got a chance to to get to know him and know who he was. But there were two different times where I've held the door open for him or walked past him and just like stood by him and just said, like just hey but didn't even like clue in or like continue on because he just blended so well. But of course, once you get to know him when he's just, he, he always ends up talking about other things other than himself. And I just think he's a stand-up guy. Shreppy is the greatest guy. And you know what? He's having a lot of success for a guy who does make it to games in London. He lives in Riga, Latvia, but we had a chance to talk with him first off about scoring a teddy bear toss goal, which he has done. And then what he's doing with some of these ventures he has going, which allow him to coach players without being on the ice at the same time as they are. So here is Rob on scoring a teddy bear toss goal which he did against the Saginaw Spirit in 2005. And he even admits, you talked about all the goals that he scored in junior. He scored even more in pro hockey. But the Teddy Bear Toss goal, is it different? Absolutely. <laughs> it's the best, you know. You know it's Teddy Bear Toss. They do the promotion and stuff. And before the game, obviously, they let us know it's Teddy Bear Toss night. So you're kind of aware when when – when the goal goes in to, to start ducking. So it's pretty cool, man. It's exciting. And I, for me personally, I, I loved it. I was always hyped up for those teddy bear toss nights. I want to be the guy to put the puck in the net. And I think a lot of guys could say the same. You always want to be the guy responsible for something so cool. Um, first of all, like that's something different in the game. Like you usually don't have other than a hat trick. You usually don't score a goal and a ton of stuff gets thrown on the ice. And then the other piece of it of, you know, what they do with those teddy bears and who it's for, it makes it really special. Pick them up and deliver them to boys and girls in the area through the Salvation Army. So, okay, let's go back to yours. What do you remember from it? It was against Saginaw. It was pretty early in the first period. You didn't waste a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, wanted to get it done early. So, so there's, you know, no the stoppage usually takes a long time. So try to get that out of the way quick. And I, I remember going out for that game. I, I can't remember the goal specifically, but I do remember being Teddy Bear Toss light in my head before going out. I'm going to snipe one quick. I'm going to go out and try to score as fast as possible and uh, light the lamp. So it was on my mind to do so. And I was excited to get it. I think it was in the first five or seven minutes of the game. If I'm, if I'm not, uh, you are mistaken. right. You are right. Yeah. In it goes, Bears come down, and a big celebration ensues. Shrempy, let's talk a bit about what you are up to now, because you have taken something that has taken off entirely. Yeah, I've been working with, with some players and stuff and doing video content, uh, video review stuff with players. And then I've also I got a project out called Space Force Hockey. Uh, it's it's in, in the development side of things, but it's a community setting for development. So I made it into a NFT project 
So what it is is an NFT is you you buy the NFT that gets you a door ticket into the into the community, and when you come inside the community, you get to get all the development knowledge that I put inside of there, whether it's shooting tips, passing tips, uh, hockey IQ stuff, uh, all the way down the line. So it's been really fun, and uh, I've gotten the chance to to get some pretty cool players inside the community as well, a couple one a night players in there. And the way it works kind of is, is is it's a community setting for development. So you got questions. Uh, you can ask away in there. If I do a clip for a player that I think would be beneficial for a large amount of players, for other players to read, it goes inside the community. So been building that out and it's been a fun little project and uh, partnered up with a company called School U and Flux 88. School U is a pretty cool one as well because uh, Todd Bidner is a part of it. And he, I talked to him for uh, about a couple of years ago about joining this, you know, their team and, and helping with development. So the fact that we're, we've now teamed up on this project has been pretty cool. And he's, He's got some history there with the London Knights as well as with coaching. He was the German Wayne Gretzky, right? Didn't he have, he had, I don't know, he led the German league. I think he still might hold the single season record in the German league for points. Yeah, he was electric, man. He went over and torched it. So great guy. And uh, it's it's pretty cool. Again, the project's great. And I think it's great for development for kids. It's just, I want to try to have the biggest impact I possibly can on the game and help as many players as possible. And this project gave me a way of doing so, opening up to a community setting, again, where you buy essentially a door ticket in and then, you know, come in there and get this access to, to sort of my brain, my knowledge and uh, my experience through the game. It's 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 pretty cool. And the feedback's been great. I love getting it where a player says, oh, I tried that move that you put in the community and it worked. You know, it's, it's it makes you smile, it makes you feel good in your heart. Do you watch games differently? We're talking with Rob Schreb. Do you watch games differently for guys that you may have worked with to say, oh, there it is. Hey, look, he's doing it. He's doing it. Absolutely. Like, and you're watching it for the sense of when they miss it, too. You know, you're like, oh, that was your moment. That's the window that you try to help players see, try to see him, the game in a different way and, and find the opportunities out there on the ice. Um, and, you know, the game is hockey is a chess match and you got to be prepared to make the right moves at the right time if you want to be an effective, you know, point producer or goal scorer. So it's important to, to help them see the game that way. Um, and then doing it this way, I also do individual stuff. So, you know, the team game, when we do team video, it's a lot about structure. It's about, you know, your positioning in the D zone, your, who your coverage is, the way that I do it with my players. And I'm, I'm showing them on an individual basis where their windows are, how to execute them and where to find them. And then if you can't find them, how to create them. Um, so it's it's a, it's a really fun way to work with player stubs. I, I really have been enjoying it. And, uh, it also gives me the chance to do it from Latvia. You know, I can do it remotely. I can be with my family here. Just need game film and you can get up there and, and work on your game and study it. Like use that for a resource. Wild, wild how that can work. Before we let you go, you also played in a teddy bear toss game that was 0-0 where no one scored. <laughs> and one of the most famous games in Knights history because it was the game in which you guys broke the record for longest unbeaten streak to start a season. What would what do you remember from that game? It doesn't even have to be the teddy bear toss, but just that night. I remember Adam Dennis being out of his freaking mind in the net. I remember we were shelling him and shelling him and shelling him. And that guy was like two pad stack, backdoor saves, saves out the woohoo. It was crazy in that respect of how well Adam Dennis played in that game. Because we we really should have mopped them up like five, six, nothing. And to your point, it was teddy bear toss night. We we throw up a goose egg. I mean, it was all because of Adam Dennis. But there was also the other side of it going into the game, all that. You know, there was a lot of hype that year. You were around. You remember that. Like the lockout season, a lot of buzz about our team. 
Uh, we were very successful winning a lot of games and doing it in a pretty cool fashion. So we were pumped up to go and, and light that game up and it comes out as a zero, zero tie. So afterwards it kind of had, it kind of had a weird vibe to it. You know, we, we were happy that we did it, but we really didn't want to do it with a zero, zero tie. We wanted to do it with like a seven, nothing eight, one type of game. And Denny wasn't going to have it. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately for us, Adam Dennis brought his absolute AAA plus game. So uh, it was a it was a really cool game, but it was a you know, great to be a part of it. I wish we could put up a goal for the teddy bears' sake. Trebby, always great to talk with you. Good luck with Space Force hockey and everything else that you are doing. Thanks for the time. Appreciate you. Great talking to you, Stubbsy. That is Rob Shrimp. Some memories of two thousand four and the night streak that began the season twenty nine zero and two, and a teddy bear toss game that. And it's 0-0. We haven't seen that since. Hopefully we don't see that again. And in fact, you know, I guess we can't. The amount of fear, Mike, going into the game of people going, what if they don't score? And I'm like, well, <laughs> the Teddies go on the ice halfway through the third, but it's not going to have the same dramatic effect. And and thankfully, I think this, at least in my tenure with the organization and, and helping out around, this was the earliest Teddy Bear Toss goal that I have been a part of seven minutes into the first period. I think we had one late at the end of the first period one year, and then we had one late into the second period another year for me. So this was this was nice to get it out of the way and then continue on with the game it was and we didn't have the the feeling of i think it was 2008 knights were playing the belleville bulls they outshot belleville 21 to 5 in the first period 21 to 5 mike murphy kicks away all of those shots and they had to go to the dressing room thinking what more do we have to do to beat this guy well phil mccray did it about two minutes into the second period but great job by everybody devilettes were on the ice a number of other volunteers were on the ice but we had a chance to talk with Dad Club of London about how all of this works in behind the scenes because they bring the muscle. So here is Nick Tuntis on bringing the muscle to the teddy bear toss. Uh, thankfully, we've had a few years uh, participating in this event. So we've got her down to a bit of a science now. Uh but uh, Dad Club, we, we could come out there to bring the muscle is what we do. And, <laughs> and uh, we have a few of our members that throw on the skates and get out there on the ice and uh, try not to get in anybody's way, picking up those bears. And the rest of us just muscle them back into the back of the arena, uh, getting ready for uh, sorting and counting. Okay, so and that's a part we don't even see. So if we're to look at what it takes, if you've never been to a teddy bear toss, immediately these great big bins called Gaylords come out. They've got trucks that come out from Finch Auto Group. They've got all kinds of ways to transport them, but we don't see that other aspect. So you've got some of that muscle in behind the scenes when all of these get bagged up into the big bags. You're taking the big bags and moving them. Exactly. And it's as much pandemonium as you see on the ice when that goal is scored. It's equally as hectic uh, in the back trying to move these bears back as fast as possible and, and get that ice cleaned up. No doubt, because let's face it, we've also got to get the ice resurfacing machines out, so you've got to get the bears. We always think, ah, it's just clear it off the ice and then worry about it later. Get counting. Everybody wants everybody to get counting. But you, you've got to get these. So how far away from the ice surface are you actually transporting all of this? I'd say it's about 100 feet. Uh, usually we have a, like a daisy chain of people there just handing bags to each other, or some people are super energetic, and they all run the bags to the very back of the uh, to the arena. 
and uh, start unloading those bears. And uh, yeah, it's uh, you get a little mixture of everything there. Uh, it's all it's all teamwork. And in the end, and we haven't mentioned this enough, in the end, this is about getting toys for kids who at this time of year might not have too many smiles. That aspect of it, everybody involved, how much of that is on everybody's mind? I, I think it plays, it plays heavily, especially with the members of our club. Uh, myself on a personal note, like I, I love volunteering. I love giving back to the community, and I know our members do as well. I, th- I think we all know that volunteering in Canada is struggling with an all-time low, and the need for families, especially in our community, is a, is at an all-time high. So it's uh, it's vitally important, and then we think about that all the time. We think about ways that we can give back and make moments like Christmas better for families uh, across this community. That's Nick Tuntus, who is part of Dad Club of London. They do such great work in this community, helping out at the Teddy Bear Toss. The other person we talked to after the game was Jim Stevens, and you'll recognize Jim. He's the guy with the green mohawk. He's become maybe the most recognizable Knights fan over the years, and oh, yeah. he... And his amazing wife, Yvonne, sit right down low. And they've been sitting there forever. So what is it like to sit on the glass or near the glass when all of the bears are raining down? Very few people get to know. However, Jim, well, he's a veteran at it. Sitting that close, you just uh, celebrate the goal going in and then just kind of hang on and wait to start to get hit by a lot of bears and toys coming in because it can't get over the the glass where we sit because of the net and you just wait for a few minutes for it to pile up and then you start passing it down so that somebody else can throw it on the ice. I love the fact that over the years we've built up some rules. If we think back to that year you were talking about in 2004, 2005, that was the year where the Knights in the Guelph Storm played a 0-0 tie in the Teddy Bear Toss game and that prompted the rule that if no one on the home team has scored by the halfway point of the third period, there will be an announcement in the promotional timeout to throw all of the stuffed toys and the teddy bears. And that kind of started from there. That and Mikey DiPietro shutting out three teams in a row. That kind of solidified it. But there's that rule. Last night, I loved the rule that Kyle Grimard, who's from Country 104, he's the in-game host at Budweiser Gardens, Kyle made sure that everybody knew if you have a plush toy, but it has a battery pack in it. So think Tickle Me Elmo or think Teddy Ruxpin. Please give that to an usher, and they will make sure and get that there. Have you ever been hit by a toy with something in it that uh, that gave you a good knock? Oh, absolutely. Even just the size of some of the toys. I remember one year uh, a lady threw and her, her engagement ring went with the toy. Oh, wow. We were able to to find it. A lot of times we warn people down low, when the goal goes in, take off your glasses and get ready because it's going to happen. No way. Okay, take us back to the engagement ring story. So someone goes to throw whatever it is and their engagement ring comes off. Where did it land? It was in the seats. And after a bunch of looking, somebody was able to find it and get it back to her. But it happened. No way. That is absolutely wild. Wow. Well, Jim Stevens is joining us as we talk about being down low right by the glass when all of the teddy bears rain down. 
everybody in sections in that area, you get to know each other, you get to become friends, you hang out, you're year after year season ticket holders, fans of the Knights. Have you got it down to an assembly line in order to get these things onto the ice? I mean, do you have a little meeting before the game begins saying, okay, remember, we're passing it you know, clockwise or from right to left? Do you do anything like that? No, when it comes down to depending upon what section you're in, you go the quickest way to get to the opening to get it over the glass. And hopefully people that are sitting there have experienced it before and are ready for the start to the assembly line. That is Knights fan Jim Stevens on collecting the bears that are thrown (laughs) on top of you and then finding a way to get them on the ice for the teddy bear toss. Well, over and done with for the Knights this year, there will be other teddy bear tosses that take place going forward in other arenas. But, Kyle, the Knights are now squarely focused on this weekend. Two more teams from the Eastern Conference, the best team in the OHL, and the Peterborough Peets coming in right behind them. And the Peets have a really dangerous roster, even though they only have one win in their last six games. Yeah, and, you know, they're coming out. They're they're still in the midst of a three-game losing streak right now. But that's, you know, you talked about the Knights coming off a loss and that being a good thing. And, you know, the Peets during a three-game losing stretch and, you know, the best way to cure it is to go on the road in front of 9,000 fans on a, on a Friday night and try and snap it right here in London. And that's, you know, the Peets are going to bring their best. That's what you know. And, you know, they're, despite the fact that they have a three-game losing streak, they're still fourth in the Eastern Conference right now. They're a few points behind the Knights, but, you know, they... They have a very dangerous roster where they can put up goals at any minute of any time. So that'll be a tough one, but you can't miss, you can't skip that game. That's for sure. But you've also got to be aware that the class of the East and the OHL is coming in on Saturday, 21 and four, Mike. Oh, hang on. It's the other way around. It's all the way around. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, and, and you can always look ahead to the, the Peterborough Peets, but you can't look ahead to Saturday's game before starting. Uh, did I say it earlier? I think I might I don't- have. Okay, if you want to start that whole thing again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, the Peterborough Peets in the midst of a three-game losing streak, but, you know, as you mentioned, Mike, they can score at any given moment, and they'll be on the road. They'll have chances to snap their streak prior to because that game's on Saturday, but, you know, if that continues, what better way to do it than in London during a weekend game right before the holidays to try and snap it before the teams go into their break, which is coming up in the next little bit, but, you know, you can't look ahead to that game before starting on Friday, and Friday night, Mike, Ottawa, the class of the East is coming in the highest scoring team in the Ontario Hockey League with a record of 21 and four. And here's the thing about Ottawa. You said it. They're the highest scoring team and their top scorer is 22nd overall in the OHL. That's Luca Pinelli. So that means they get goals from everywhere. It's kind of like the London Knights. In fact, when you look at the numbers between the two teams, you're seeing similar things in terms of how many points each of their top scorers has. So the scoring comes from all over. They can score from their defense. Jack Mateer can be very dangerous as well. You've got a guy named Henry Muse, who we're going to get to know. He's only 16 years of age, but he was seventh overall in the OHL priority selection in 2022. Anthony Costantini is chipping in some offense this year. Another guy to watch for on the Ottawa 67s, number seven Brady Stonehouse. He's from Blenheim. He played his minor hockey in Elgin Middlesex, played a little with the Chatham-Kent Cyclones too. But Brady Stonehouse brings something, Kyle, that doesn't exist like it used to in hockey. This guy is as rugged a player 
and has top end skill as well. He competes hard and he's off to a really good start this year. He had attended rookie camp with the Colorado Avalanche. So watch number 17, Brady Stonehouse. The Knights will want to game plan for him. They uh, have over 300 penalty minutes across the league right now, uh, 326, Mike. So um, there's the, they, they, they get after it. They're physical. They're, they're very successful when it comes to putting the puck in the back of the net. They're also very successful at keeping out, Mike, the best goal differential in the OHL. They've given up the least goals against. They have a goal differential of plus 52 which is remarkable. It is tops in the league. They are going to be a, a very tough opponent and a good measuring stick at this time of year for the London Knights as well. I think if you were to tell me within the first two weeks of the season that the Knights had to play Ottawa, I wouldn't have given them a lot of hope. But now, especially with the way they're playing and maybe they snap back into it after a loss this past Tuesday, you know, it's a good measuring stick game. And, and I'm excited to see where the Knights hold up against them. How wild is it that before the pandemic season, the last time the Knights saw the Ottawa 67s, same sort of thing. The 67s were the team that you wanted to measure yourself against. The Knights played them twice, ended up beating them twice, yep. and that had them poised to go into the playoffs thinking, hey, we can make some major noise because of that measuring stick that was Ottawa. Kyle, Ottawa is back to being a measuring stick. Can't wait. Can't wait. And yeah, that was the rookie year of Brett Brochu. And funny enough, he'll be back in the cage to play them uh, again this coming Friday. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Be listening, of course, to both games on 980 CFPL. Mike Stubbs will have the call and be sure to follow along with the podcast as well. You can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's also up at globalnews.ca. Uh, that's it for Mike and I at Stubbs 980 with two B's at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. And Mike's going to be an exciting weekend. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Go Knights, go.